0: Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Crimes, Coffee, and Crazy. I am your host, Allie, and right off the hop, I would like to apologize for um, being a bit MIA. I have been really struggling, guys. Um, I'll probably get into it in this episode, but my mental health is just on a consistent decline. Um, I've been talking to my cognitive therapist, talking to uh, my doctor and we're trying to figure out a solution um, that will help me mentally but right now it's like I'm right in the thick of it. So I'm just going to start talking about what's been going on and that will be this week's episode. I'm hoping to get a couple more episodes out um, sooner rather than later, but I just want to hop on and tell you what's been going on. So stay tuned. All right, where to begin? So I have a really hard time with change. I like having a plan. I like sticking to said plan. And when any little thing doesn't agree or is cohesive with that plan, my mind just starts spiraling. I am learning that I am a control freak. Um, and it, it's, a, it's very intricate because I need to be in control. Because so many things in my life have been out of my control that if I can feel as though I have a bit of control of the situation, I can cope better. Um, But life doesn't work that way. (laughs) A lot of things happen that um, you're not prepared for and there's no way to prepare for them. But I really, really spiral when something goes wrong or is not a part of my plan. So I'm going to give you an example. My husband has been working. um, He works shift work. And since I've known him, he has worked 12 hour shifts. Uh, When we were up north, He was four on, four off, which was really great when we had our daughter because, you know, it would be a stressful four days, but it would be a really great four days after because we were all together. I had the help. I had the break. Um, So it was really good. And then when we moved closer to be with our family, he started working um, two day shifts and then off for two. And then three night shifts off for two, um, work two off for three. So it rotates between um, every other, it works out to be every other weekend he's off for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which, yeah, that's amazing. I am grateful that he has a job like that. I'm grateful that he has the job that he has. He does really well for himself. He provides really well for our family and I I am so proud of him for finally getting into the job that he has been working his entire career to get. That's amazing, and I'm not taking that away from him. The only, my only issue is the night shift. So before, when he was working at the other place before he landed the dream job, he was working from seven till seven. So he would leave our house because he worked 45 minutes away, basically at six o'clock and not come home until closer to eight o'clock. So I was solo for 14 hours a day. Um, And I don't want you guys to think that I don't realize it's hard on him as well. Like he, if, if given the opportunity... If he could make the same wages he's making just by like staying at home with our children, he would do that. He loves our kids more than anything. He loves spending time with them. Night shifts are hard because he only sees them maybe for an hour before he goes to work. So I understand that and and I feel bad for him. My concern is like it's getting a little bit better now, but my daughter refused to sleep on her own and my son um, was waking up multiple times a night i am a person who needs sleep if i do not get enough sleep i turn into a completely different person and it's not just my mood it's my mental state so for example When he was doing these night shifts where he would be gone 14 hours, my son I thought was colicky. My daughter was waking up at 5 in the morning and throwing fits because she wanted to wake up for the day. But I'm trying to convince her like, hey dude, it's really early. We need to all go back to sleep like mommy needs more sleep and you need more sleep. Of course she didn't agree. And then that in turn made it you know i have a toddler throwing tantrums every every hour and i have a really really tired um upset baby who's teething and you know developing and and doing everything that babies do i could not sleep for the life of me when my husband is not at home i have an a rash, like let's just put away the children not sleeping and their issues sleeping. Like, let's put that aside for a minute, put a pin in it. My f- irrational ass. The, okay, I have this irrational fear that I am going to get a home invader. And uh, we live in a really nice neighborhood. It's really quiet. Our neighbors are really nice. Um, it's not a busy street etc. But I have had this fear since we moved into our house. We moved into our house three years ago. So every single time my husband's on night shift, I am convinced that I'm hearing things in the house. I'm convinced that someone's trying to break in. I'm convinced that the baby gate's being jingled and like they're, they're trying to come upstairs. I just fucking spiral. And I cannot control it. I've tried everything. I've tried, you know, going to bed when they go to bed. I've tried reading, I've tried meditation. I, I don't take sleeping medications when it's only me because I get paranoid that I'm not going to wake up. I, you know, try and do things that will allow me to fall asleep peacefully, um, kind of control my anxiety, like I, I do sometimes take a lorazepam if I'm, if I'm panicking and having a panic attack. Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. My body um, really rejects medication sometimes, like it doesn't absorb the um, full effect of, of things, which is like, you know, frustrating because all I want is to be well <sighs> and I'm just not. So I have been struggling because my husband, Tom, got his dream job, which is amazing. This is perfect for our family. Perfect, 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 like amazing. And when he got hired, he was told that he would actually be working Monday to Friday, um, 7 or no, sorry, 6.30 till 2.30. With the 45 minute commute um he is usually home by 3 30 quarter to 4 which is a game changer for me i get up with the kids i put them you know i do the mornings with them i do their lunch i try and get them both to nap at the same time i'm trying to keep the house tidy because i know when 3 30 rolls around Tom will be home soon and we can have family time. I can cook supper for everyone and, you know, he'll do the baby's bath. I'll do my daughter's bath. We'll put, we'll take turns putting each of them to bed. And then we have time to ourselves in the evening where we can catch up or do whatever we want to do. So that was great. So I, until he finished at his previous job, He had a few night shifts left to do. I was just on like starting my medication and my in-laws graciously um, agreed to allow me and the kids to basically move in every time he works a night shift, which I'm eternally grateful for. Um, Just knowing that I'm not alone in the house, like just able to um, stay with them have the support, have the support for me mentally as well as the kids. Um, my daughter and her papa are literal best friends. It is the cutest thing ever. But um, yeah, so I didn't felt like I didn't feel like an imposition because I knew that eventually he would be starting the day shift, um, and then he started the day shift, and it was just wonderful. Um, like I said, he would be home early, off every weekend, like basically would have the same schedule as I have when we go back to, when I go back to work. Um, like there's another adult, um, helps with the anxiety. So, um, every night shift, we come over to, to my in-laws house. Um, and I, I was okay with that. I, I, very rarely ask for help, which is a flaw. Um, I believe that if you need help, you should ask for it. But I, I don't practice what I preach. I never ask for help. It's, again, my brain. <laughs> um, so when um, we were staying over at my in-laws house, I felt okay about it because I knew that it would eventually come to an end. Um, the night shifts weren't going to be happening as often, um, unless he was covering for somebody and we were, so that was all well and good. And I had a really, really bad day, um, a couple weeks ago and I, um, self-harmed again. and then when i pulled myself out of bed to join my family for supper my daughter told me to go back to bed and um that she didn't like me which okay she's 3 she is going through a lot of emotions she says things you know that she obviously doesn't mean i know she loves me but in that men- mental state that i was in that just like daggered my heart um so I turned around and went back upstairs and laid down and my husband comes upstairs and he was like babe like she doesn't mean it you know she's three she's just expressing herself she doesn't really know like what she's saying and how it makes you feel like you should tell her that it hurts your feelings so then she'll get it and blah 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 blah. and without even thinking about it I'm like crying and I'm just like I cut myself again and he was like oh uh, what? And I was like, yeah, I, today is not a good day. I just like, leave me alone. I don't want to be around anyone. Leave me alone. So he did. He went back downstairs with the kids and had supper with them. I eventually got up again and I tried to talk to her and say, you know, babe, like that really hurts mommy's feelings when you say that. And, um, I, I just hope that you don't say it anymore because it hurts my feelings. And she was like, sorry, mommy. Like, You know, so, um, yeah, but that was just a bad day. She wasn't napping. I started yelling at her because I hadn't slept. And like when I yell at my kids, I hear my mom, I hear my grandma. It's all very triggering for me. So that I think is what stemmed the self harm again. Um, so that was a Thursday, and I believe. Friday or Saturday, um, the kids were going to go for a sleepover at I and Papa's house because they hadn't seen the baby in a, in a week. Um, and we usually see them like multiple times a week, um, cause they're in our bubble, but <laughs> bubble boy. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So we were on our way home. Um, I had to do some groceries, so we brought the kids over in the morning and um, said see ya to them, and then we we went to um, the Costco. And I would do anything for them, but they're both so demanding in different ways that it's exhausting. And when you're running on no sleep, it's absolutely draining on every level, mentally, physically. Emotionally, and there's a lot of guilt because I wish that I could have the energy to keep up with them, and I wish that I could, um, always you know play with them and have fun with them, but all I want to do is like disconnect and disassociate, so, um, yeah, it's been really hard. And as I'm driving, because I always drive in our car. Um, again, control. Uh, but as we're driving, he was like, okay, so now that the kids are gone, I need to talk to you about something. And that is just the worst. I hate when people say I need to talk to you because it's never good. It's literally never good. It's never been good in my experience. Like I don't like that phrase. So, um, I was like, oh God, what, like what's going on? And he was like, they're going to be moving me back to shift work. And that just sent me off the fucking deep end. I was like, what do you mean? Like, why are they doing that? And he explained that there is another worker who has a bit more experience and they want to train him on the position that he um, will be, that he trained on previously. Um, I guess the shift work position is actually a better job. Like, it's less... um, like for, for Tom, he just prefers it. He likes it more. So, um, but he had no control over that. He was told like, this is the thing we're moving you back to shift work and whatever. And so poor Tom didn't know when to tell me because he found out on the Thursday, but Thursday was the day that I had my breakdown. So he couldn't say anything. Um, and then Friday passed and you know, it got to be crunch time. He had to tell me. So he chose Saturday. So my bitch ass was like, well, why didn't you tell me when you found out? And that was my whole reason of getting pissed off. And he was like, Ali, like, I couldn't tell you because you just told me that you self-harmed. And um, I didn't want to, like, put more stress on you. I just wanted you to relax. Um, So he actually ended up calling in on Friday um, and taking a personal day just so I could sleep. And um I didn't ask him to do that, he just did that and I get very anxious because I think that he's going to get in trouble. I can't just accept or appreciate a kind gesture like that. I have to believe that there are bad repercussions for things that are good that happen to me or that are kind that happen which we're breaking through in cognitive. We're trying to figure out why my brain works like that. And I think we're getting close um, just by last week's, I almost said last week's episode, last week's um, session. So yeah, um, I spiraled out of control because they're moving my husband back to the shift work. So it's going to be back to solo parenting for 14 hours a day. I, love my children more than life itself but being the sole caregiver the sole parent for like 14 hours with no break um is very very hard for me and I know people are gonna say like that I'm ungrateful you know, I should be over the moon, that I was blessed with these kids, and I am. That's not what this is about. This is about my mental health being on empty. I am trying to, and like, sorry for the analogy or whatever, but I'm trying to fill everyone's cup, and I have nothing in my own. I constantly am worrying about my kids, um, you know, if they're meeting their milestones, if, if they're doing well. Um, I'm very, very concerned about, I believe that you can pass energy to people. And when I'm in my state of <sighs> duress, um, I have a huge fear that it's being passed to my kids. Um, When I was pregnant with my son, I was super, super anxious and depressed and um, worried about everything, really, Um, the birth afterwards, etc. And I was petrified that he was going to be um, angry and stressed and anxious. Um, He's definitely more vocal than my daughter was, (laughs) but... He is so sweet Um, and he loves me so much. And, um, you know, I know I'm sitting here and I'm saying that it's so hard and daunting and it is. Like, moms out there, you freaking know. I honestly, like, besides healthcare workers, we are superheroes. Stay-at-home parents, I cannot give it up for you enough. Like, pandemic aside, okay, let's just say that, um, you know, you were a stay-at-home mother or father and you were basically in charge of your child's education. Like, you homeschooled them by choice. Like, that's huge. Like, I, oh my gosh, like, my kids are young so they didn't have to go through the trials and tribulations of, you know, going to school in a global pandemic. I can't even imagine what that looked like. So I know that I'm not the only one in the world with parent-child stress. I know that. I just feel as though I'm um, vibrating at you know, any given time of the day. And so this huge tangent that I've gone on was to say that um, Tom will be going back to shift work and I am going to be figuring out what that looks like for me and my kids. Am I going to move into my in-laws house every time he has night shift? I want to say no. I want to say that I... I'm a grown-up and I can do this, but you know what? Sometimes I don't feel like I'm a grown-up and sometimes I feel like I can't fucking do this, (sighs) which is hard to say out loud. You know, I had this picture in my head of what I wanted to look like as a mother and I just want to be better. And I know that, My kids are thriving. I know that they're surrounded by love. I know that they're beautiful, intelligent, perfect beings. And I know that I have a part in why they are that way. But it's believing it. I can tell myself that until I'm blue in the face. It's believing what I know logically to be true. I'm probably not explaining this well enough. Um, I have a really hard time talking about my my mental health just because I don't know how to explain it. Um, I've been diagnosed with high functioning anxiety that's not a surprise to anybody but um I have been doing a lot of cognitive work in um, my counsel, my therapist is amazing. I've said it a million times and I will say it every time because she is really flipping the switch on how I perceive things, how my brain works. So sorry, I feel like I'm shouting. I'm just getting really like amped up right now. Um, okay. So in my cognitive, my therapist has been asking me to break down scenarios so i told her about um tom going back to shift work and we kind of touched on you know what that could look like and maybe some tools that will help me um face my fears and get the rest that i need um, because my anxiety is completely the reason why I'm not sleeping. Um, I do have insomnia. I My husband called my doctor and was like, yo, yo, diggity, yo, my wife does not sleep well, and she hasn't for almost a year and even before that, and um, she needs to be checked out. And my doctor calls me and she's like, hey, baby girl, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, I just, I'm not sleeping. Um, they provide, they prescribed me Zopaclone and lorazepam and Traxidone and all those Don Pam, whatevers. And as I mentioned before, my body seems to reject certain medication or it doesn't do what it's supposed to. Um... So I'm on the waiting list to do um, a sleep study. So hopefully that happens and we can get some answers as to what my brain is doing actually um, when I am supposed to be trying to sleep. So that's something positive, I think. Logically. (laughs) Mentally, I'm like, oh my God, I need to like sleep away at some you know, hospital overnight. I don't, I don't sleep in hospitals. So strike one. And, um, I, I'm just really nervous about that. I'm trying so hard guys to not focus on the negative, but my brain has been that way for as long as I can remember. So I always jump to worst case scenario. So then we kind of talked about, um, my stress about, brother coming to visit with my nephew. And that is where I'm going to tie in the word um, suppress. So I really made kind of a breakthrough um, this week at Cognitive. We were talking about my stress levels and how they were pretty outrageous for something that should have been like an enjoyable, exciting time. Um, I spent the entire day on Friday just running around trying to get everything perfect, tidy up to my idea of perfection, which we figured out (laughs) does not exist. I am constantly striving for perfection and it is something, first of all, like generally it doesn't exist. There is nobody in this world who is a perfect person, who has perfect habits. But for me, I believe on some level that I need to have my home looking a certain way. And my therapist was challenging that. And she was like, well, why do you think that is? Like when you were little and you had a messy bedroom, let's say, what would happen? And I was like, I would get scolded. And, you know, I'd get in trouble because my grandma kept the house pristine. I don't mean like, you know, the dishes were done and, you know, there was hardly any dirt. This woman kept our house spotless to the point you could eat off the floor actually and be completely fine. I mean, you wouldn't want to eat off of a floor, but I'm just saying, you get what I'm saying. So somebody that I have held to the highest highest regard and I still will for till the day I die I will never ever um take away the fact that my grandmother did the best she could and I am grateful to have been raised by her but and I say that but pretty heavily there are things coming up from my childhood that are resurfacing and that I am remembering clearly now. When you're growing up and your home is a broken home and your nuclear family, you know, the perfect quote-unquote family breaks apart and that is not your normal, you adapt and you, in my case, I really saw everything through a pair of rose-colored glasses. I, you know, I had beautiful clothing and I had great haircuts and I, well, actually, that is a bold-faced lie. I had terrible haircuts. I had a bowl cut for most of my life, but I digress. (laughs) Um... The point is, I had everything I wanted, but I didn't have everything that I needed. My grandma showed me affection, my papa showed me affection, but it wasn't the kind that I craved and that I needed. I needed way more nurturing. With the absence of my mom, And me constantly telling myself, like, it's my fault. I beat myself down into a shell. And that shell is breaking apart right now. And it feels as though I am holding on to dear life by a thread. So many analogies, y'all. So little time. But I'm just... Me- or metaphors. No, it's analogy, whatever. Um, I hope that made you giggle anyways, cause I'm kind of dumb, but yeah. So, um, a lot of things are coming to surface. Um, mainly my focus right now is my grandmother. So we, like I said, I really, really romanticized everything in my head, I told myself I'm perfect. And, you know, my family is perfect. And I'm so lucky because my grandparents have lots of money and, you know, I'm able to play every sport and be good at it and, you know, just thrive. Um And I'm going to sound like such a brat and like spoiled and I'm sorry, but I didn't have I had all the material things that I wanted, but I didn't have the emotional um stability that I um required and needed. Uh sorry, that's the same thing and wanted. So we're really, really picking apart my relationship with my grandma, my relationship with my mom, my relationship with my grandfather, my relationship with my brother, and with my dad, and why I am the way that I am, and I have been running, I have been running my entire life, and my brother told me when he was here, he was like, Al, you take on everyone's shit. And you don't deal with your own. You take it on until it piles up and you can't breathe. It's weighing you down and you need to let it go. And I'm like, okay, Elsa. (laughs) How do I do that? You know, I'm 31. I'm going to be 32. And this has been going on since I was Since I hit the planet, basically. I'll say that. Because my family has been dysfunctional my entire life. So, when I say that I've been running, I am running away from the memories that I have. I'm running away from the feelings that I had. And... I'm running away scared because I never wanted... My brother is absolutely right. I never wanted to deal with my own shit, ever. I always wanted to be... like I always wanted people in my family to be harmonious. I didn't want to be around fighting. And that's why when me and Thomas have fights, I always make sure that my kids are not present because I feel like I know how that affects somebody firsthand. Oh, sorry. Um Yeah, so basically how I can explain it is I have this cardboard box and I've had this cardboard box since I have had my memory. And little by little, I keep putting the cardboard box full of bad things. And this is how I would explain it when I was little, when I was in therapy, because I couldn't find the words. So again, I just used my imagination. So I have this box. And I still have this box. I'm almost 32 years old and I have this box. And I also have a switch. So I have a box and a switch. And this box houses uh, my sexual trauma, it houses my emotional trauma, it houses my self-harm memories, it has um, physical altercations with my family memories, it has um, a lot of death, it has a lot of strained memories with my father. Um, and then it has all of my self harm and not just my physical by that. I also mean my mental and emotional abuse towards myself because that's what I'm finding out. I am everybody I think is hard on themselves from time to time. I constantly am berating myself i'm like you're fat you're ugly you're stupid you are a terrible mother you're never going to amount to anything you know everybody's embarrassed of you everybody's talking about you you are worthless you are etc 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 constantly constantly all day it doesn't matter if you know my kid does something awesome and i helped her do that or you know my other my baby is you know sleeping through the night i'm like oh well you can't sleep because he's going to wake up soon so la 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 like i'm yeah it's a lot guys it's a lot so that's my box and my cardboard box is overflowing i've said box I'm um, probably 50 times by now in this episode and hearty har har cuz it's another word for vagina can i say that on a podcast probably whatever I have one so I'm allowed and so yeah this box is about to explode I've been carrying it for so long my hands are bloody uh the tape on it is withered away and all of these memories all of these emotions are going to fall the fuck out it's gonna bottom out And I am just trying to brace myself with any kind of exercise, any kind of um, preventative measures that I can do mentally to prepare myself. Because I feel it, like in the bottom of my stomach, I feel the breakthroughs happening. I feel like the inching is getting closer and closer and closer, you know? Again, hard to explain, but that's the best I can do. And then I have a switch. So my switch is... (sighs) I can have a couple of really great days. I can have low anxiety. I can have, um, you know, a lot of my chores around the house done. And when I have those done, I feel better um, again, that's a core belief, a core value. And I'll talk about those another time. We're learning about them in cognitive right now. So, um, yeah, I, I have this switch and the switch for me, <sighs> I'm having a couple great days and then all of a sudden I feel it coming on. I feel the darkness, I feel the stress, I feel the anxiety. And it starts creeping in little by little and something insanely small will set me off and I flip the switch inside my head and I don't give a fuck about anyone. I don't care about my husband. I don't care about myself. I don't care about any of my friends family, the only thing the Switch doesn't work for is my kids. The Switch has given me a way of um, self-preservation, I guess, like if my emotions get too intensified and I lean into them, I am a danger to myself. Because I cannot get out of that hole. I cannot get out of that mentality, out of that mood. So my switch is my preventative measure. It's not healthy. Um, I know that. And we are trying to work in cognitive for something different. I just, I have done that since I was a little kid. When I was growing up around, you know, fighting parents constantly, 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 I would flip a switch and, you know, read a magazine, listen to my Walkman. Um, Walkman is something that you put a compact disc in and listen to music on it. It's not an iPod. Um, Sorry if that was snarky. I just wanted to let you know what a CD player was, a Walkman. Um, but yeah, so I would disassociate and I would do something else and turn my switch off on and off to navigate those tumultuous times um i used to think that i was a sociopath because sometimes i just like could turn off my feelings and not feel anything um like when my mom died i felt it i definitely felt the loss i felt the pain um but now I can like feel it more intensely because I'm remembering different things. And it's just like amplified and seeping back into my memory. Um, So I have to process that all again and try to figure out healthier ways to cope. So I'm dealing with all of that. And I'm also trying to figure out how my life will look when I return to work because my son is over 10 months old and I will be going back when um, he is a year. So that's not much time, which is crazy to me. I can't believe he's almost a year old, which is like, uh, it's like, makes me sad because I just want him to stay my baby forever. But yeah, so I'm trying to deal with all of my mental shit. Also trying to um, see how our lives will look and change when the kids go to daycare, which is a huge trigger for me. I will get into that another time. I don't feel like talking about that right now, um, because, spoiler alert, I'm home alone. (laughs) Um, Tom is night shift and my babies are with Grammy and Papa. And I came home to sleep in my own bed. And I'm hoping that each time I do this, I will feel a bit safer and better about having me and the kids home um, when he's nights. Nice. So yeah, um trying to see what daycare will look like and how our schedules will change with Tom's shift work. <sighs> and you know run my house and take care of my kids first and foremost make sure they're loved and happy and healthy and um yeah so a very very long story short (laughs) your girl's been going through it it's been really hard um to find motivation um to do much of anything, to be quite honest with you guys, uh, I, I have found though, like doing this episode, I'm feeling a bit better. I'm feeling a bit more accomplished. And I think that's important for me because I'm a very, very self-conscious person. I'm very um, insecure. And if I have something that I am uh, pouring my creative, mind into, I think that really helps um, create a kind of balance between the mental health issues and the positive creative outlet that I've created with this podcast. So um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you guys an update about what's been going on with me. I haven't forgot about you. I promise. I honestly crave making these episodes because I have so much fun doing it. Um, Even the hard ones. Because I feel like a weight has been lifted after I I broadcast them. So I would just like to thank you uh, for tuning in. Um, This was a hard one because I felt... I literally have been feeling so guilty for not putting out a new episode (laughs) and, um, I need to stop feeling guilty because I know you guys support me. I see it with the numbers and the comments and everything and the messages. Um, so thank you. But yeah, I just wanted to give you a little, little glimpse of what your girl's been going through. So, yeah. So yeah, um, that was my little update for you guys. I just wanted to thank you again because that's my thing. You know, I don't just thank you once. I thank you like probably about seven times, um, for sticking with me and for supporting my podcast and being really great friends and, um, yeah. So, if you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at Crimes Coffee and Crazy. You can find me on Twitter at Podcast CCC. And you can email me at Crimes Coffee and Crazy at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so within the next week or so, I'm hoping to put out a, a couple of more episodes. I do have a couple of, um, intense true crime cases that I've been trying to research and put together for you guys. And I also have a couple of mental health, um, episodes that I am kind of playing around with right now. Um, but yes, as always stay safe and I will chat with you guys later. Bye pals.